we are talking about sowing and reaping. I want to help us today. I really want to, uh, some of us really know this principle, and I want, to, I want to just stir your faith even more and reinforce what you're doing. Some of this may be a little new to you. I want you to take good notes. All of us should be taking notes. Uh, but I, I want you to just really, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to us because I firmly believe that this is one of the most powerful principles that we could ever live by, and that is sowing and reaping. I'm telling you, listen to me, it will change your life. This principle that Jesus shared with us will radically transform anyone's life. Now, let me just say from the beginning, do not listen to the lies of the enemy that says that your situation or your life situation cannot change, that you were not born in the right family or you don't have enough people to support you, and that's why you're not seeing what needs to happen in your life. All of those are lies. God is no respecter of person. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you're involved with. I don't care what kind, of, uh, what kind of situation that you may be in. Your life can change. Great things can happen to you. Uh, God is not a respecter of person, but he is a respecter of faith. Your faith and what you put your faith in will change your life. Sowing and reaping, this principle is so key that I, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you individually this morning about your circumstance. Um, and so specifically this morning, I want us to look at the Word of God uh, being the seed. There is nothing more important in your life than you studying God's Word allowing God to speak to you about your situation, you bringing that in, be a student of the word, bringing it into your life, it will transform you. Uh, I'm not telling you that you're going to escape trouble. Trouble is going to come to every one of us. The Bible tells us that it rains on the just and the unjust. You're going to face trouble in your life. But I will tell you this, God will, God will take your trouble and make it meaningful in your life. It'll have a purpose for you. But none of us are without hope this morning that God, one, doesn't have a plan for us, Jeremiah 29, 11. And that plan, what did he say? It's not an evil plan, but it's a good plan. Jeremiah 29, 11. A plan to, to, for you to succeed, to prosper. And that God wants us to see his plan and purpose come about in our life. And there is nothing, no other principle that's going to help us than living by the principle of sowing and reaping. Jesus taught ten different parables. Ten parables, stories, illustrations that Jesus gave. How many believe that Jesus' words and his teaching are important? That they're life-changing? I mean, come on. He leaves heaven to come to earth and, and what, his words are going to drop to the ground? They're going to fall to the floor? Not meaning? No, his, his words are very important. They're powerful. They're life-changing. They're transformational. He taught ten different principles, and he taught these principles to show us, listen, how the kingdom operates. You and I are living in the kingdom of God now. The kingdom of heaven is not just 
of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is working right now. It's principles. It's faith, love, and the Holy Spirit. It's the kingdom of God. And God is working his kingdom agenda right now, even today. There's a kingdom agenda going on. And you and I get to play in this great role, great drama of redemption to redeem mankind. You and I play a role in this great drama of redemption, Christ's love working in us and through us. So whatever's happening in your life, it's not the main event is that, that you're bankrupt or the main event is not that you're bankrupt. The main event is that you're broke. Busted and disgusted. The main event right now is not that you're suffering sickness in your body. That's not the main event. The main event is not that you're facing relationship struggles. The main event is that all the things that you have to do tomorrow and next week, that's not the main event. God has a kingdom agenda going on right now. And you're playing a part of it. Jesus said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of heaven, all the things your broke bank account, your healing in your body, your relationship struggles. Seek first my kingdom and all these things that you need, it will be added to you. It'll resolve itself. The kingdom of agenda, what's going to help us with the kingdom of agenda? Jesus says, I'm going to show you by a parable what the kingdom of heaven is all about. It's going to add value to your life. It's going to transform your life. What is it? Seven of these parables out of the ten were illustrations that the word of God is seed. Someone shout seed. Jesus said the word of God is the seed. Seven out of ten parables, Jesus is trying to explain to us what the kingdom of heaven is about, and he says, I'm going to show it to you. It's seed. It's seed. It's sowing and reaping. It's the fact that God has put seed in you, in your hand. He's given you the power to sow the seed. I'm going to tell you this morning, you and I are never without hope. You know why? When you look at your future, you look at your tomorrow, you and I are never without hope. As long as we have seed in our hand, we can sow to a healthy future. Look at someone and tell them, your future is bright. Look at someone and tell them you have hope in your future. In Mark chapter 4, let me just illustrate it even further to you, the importance of this, okay? Mark chapter 4, verse 13. He says, do you not understand, this is Jesus, do you not understand this parable? Do you not understand this parable that I'm telling you? about sowing and reaping, about the seed being the kingdom of God, the power of the word. Do you not understand this parable? And he says, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand anything? Mark chapter 4, study it this week. I want you to go through it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what this means for you. Watch the Holy Spirit say some things to you about your life. Study the entire chapter of Mark chapter 4 and say to him, Lord, open your word to me. Show me what you're saying in Mark chapter 4. He goes through the whole thing, the whole chapter. In context, he's talking about the same thing. 
about the kingdom of God and the seed of the word of God and, and how faith represents even the seed and how it will transform and has the power to change circumstances. Well, let's look at a portion this morning, Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 29. Let's just take out that and let's focus on that this morning. Let's read. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed. All right, ladies, let's help us out, all right? Let's, let's not leave you left out. A woman scatters seed on the ground. A human being, mankind, a believer, will scatter seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though, the, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel of the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. The word of God will work for you. Take the word of God Sow it into your life. You have financial needs? Find everything, everything in God's word that speaks to you about finances. Study it. Bring it into your life. Show, ask the Lord how it will apply to you. Sow that seed from God's word into your life. It will not return void. A harvest, a financial harvest will come. Relationship struggles? Find everything in the Word of God that deals with, with relationships. Healing? I would, listen, you're sick in your body. You know someone that's sick, you got a burden for them. I would find every scripture in the Word of God because the Word of God is seed and because that seed is going to produce some kind of harvest. What do you think the Word of God, what kind of harvest do you think the Word of God will produce? It's going to produce healing. It's going to produce restoration. It's going to produce success. It's going to produce open doors. It's going to produce favor. The word of God will not return void. You can, you can, you can flip through the channels. You can waste your time on the internet. You can do all kinds of things with your time. But the most most successful time that you will spend is reading in God's word, pulling it out from the pages, and sowing it into your life. It will produce a harvest. Our context, the, the text of our scripture for the last two weeks has been in Galatians chapter 5. Be not deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whatever man sows, that will he Take God's word, sow it into your heart, sow it into every situation, and it will bring a harvest. You don't have to worry about your future, college students. You don't have to worry about your student. Your, your, where, where, where is your career going to be? When a believer, a man, a woman, begins to follow the principles of God's word with all of their heart, the future, the career has already been carved out for you. The position is already available. God will 
take his word and it will work for you. The ground will work the seed. Number one this morning, and I have, <clears throat> I have uh, five of them this morning. Number one, everything begins with the seed. Everything. Go back to Genesis. Genesis, God, the way God created the heavens and the earth, the way he created the earth, the way he created uh, 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 the plant life, the way he created even mankind, everything is reproduced. What did he tell them? He said, okay, I'm going to create you. Here's the creation. But he says to them, gives them a command from his mouth and says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Fill the earth. He put a command, a DNA, a code within every seed that it will produce something. Nature tells us this, shows us this, illustrates this, and his word, the kingdom of heaven, is no different. You cannot expect a harvest for where you're not willing to sow into. Sow the seed. You cannot expect fruit to come out of your life without sowing the seed. You cannot stand over a field and demand a harvest without plowing the field, prepping the ground, and sowing the seed. You cannot look at someone else's life who is full of faith, and man, they're moving mountains, and, and, and they're doing all kinds of things for the kingdom of God, and, and it just seems like they're blessed. I promise you, somewhere they have taken in the word of God, and they've sown into their life, and they're reaping a harvest because of it. Don't be jealous, just sow the seed. Learn the principle. Some of us, how many of you have ever, you have, you have, you have worked this principle in your life? God has shown this to you, and I don't know about, but maybe a miracle has come about, maybe not through someone praying for you necessarily, but you know that God gave you a specific instruction and a miracle came out of that obedience of you following that instruction. How many of you have, have experienced that? Look at the hands. I'm not telling you anything that's foreign this morning. The Holy Spirit, and I feel compelled to you as your pastor today to tell you that there's a harvest that God wants to give you and it's going to come out of you sowing the seed. Before you leave this morning, my prayer has been all week is that God, the Holy Spirit, will speak to you about your situation and that you'll leave with a verse, a word of God, a, a something spoken by God today. And I know for a fact that when you begin to sow it over your life and sow it into your heart, I'm excited about rejoicing with you because the harvest is going to come. Miracles are going to come out of this house because somebody is sowing the word of God into their heart. Come on, give God a praise. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2, he said, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Look at verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing perfect will. You and I can be transformed. You and I can transform not only our own lives, but we can see situations transformed. 
by renewing our mind. I'm going to tell you where the devil's going to pick your mind at. I'm going to tell you where he's going to pick your battles and destroy your life if he can. It's going to be in your mind. The battleground is going to be in your mind. It's going to be conflicting with God's word. Words, thoughts, things that come out of your mouth, they start in your mind. They start in your heart. There's a harvest of healing and miracles that need to take place in this building today, even right now. Relationships, there's restoration that need to happen. All of these things, they need to happen right here. Doors and favor need to be given. You know where the devil's going to fight you? He's not going to stop the harvest. He can't. He's not going into your future and ambushing the harvest field. He can't do it. But what he can do is take what God is saying to you and rob it out of your mind. Choke it out with fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, circumstances, and get you off of what God is trying to say to you. That's the battle. I, I'm, I'm so happy this morning that I could just, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to pull it way back because, I mean, I, I had, I'm digesting this all week long and thinking back to things where God has helped me and, and, and some challenges that I've had, struggles, and I've seen victory. And so my, my heart and my spirit is just on cloud nine this morning. Here's what I'm excited about. I know for a fact, and I give you hope today, the devil, the enemy, cannot stop what God wants to do in your life. He can't do it. He can't do it. He cannot do it. He doesn't have the power to do it. But where he's going to get you, where he's going to trip you up, is that seed that's supposed to be sown into your heart is going to prevent you somehow from stopping you in sowing the right kind of seed in your life. Are you with me this morning? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God, I pray, transform me even today. I pray, transform me. Let me be a sower. God, don't let me stop sowing seed. As long as I'm sowing the seed, I'll reap a harvest. The moment I stop sowing the seed is the moment that I have stopped my future from being what God wants it to be. I'm a sower every day. As long as you keep sowing the seed, you're going to produce a harvest. So God, transform my mind. Renew my mind. Renew my life. I'm not my own, God. This is not my body. This is not me. I'm in your kingdom, God. I'm yours. I don't get to do what I want to do all the time. Sometimes I got to listen to God, and God says, I want you to do this. And I say, okay, God, I'm yours. And where we're not transformed is as we buck up against God and, and say, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't feel like doing it today. I don't feel like being nice or kind. I don't feel like loving. I don't feel like saying the right words. I don't feel like worship. I don't feel like coming to church. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like giving my tithe. I don't feel like supporting the kingdom. I don't feel like evangelism. I'm, I'm, God, I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid of what they're going to think of me. We battle all these things, and I'm telling you, it's going to choke out the word of God, the seed. So what do I say? God, transform me. Renew my mind today. I don't feel like I'm, I can be confident as a father or a husband. I'm, I'm failing. I'm weak. No, I back up from those thoughts because that's what the enemy wants me to think and say, no, I have confidence in Christ. I'm a new creation in God. God has helped me be a great father, a great husband. There is now no more condemnation through Jesus Christ. And if God is not condemning you, you stop condemning yourself. 
transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. 2 Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is given by, well, I'm going to read it in different translations because I love it. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed, inspired by God, and is useful. Someone say the word of God is useful. Come on, we're talking about the word of God being the seed. All scripture, you know why the word of God is the seed that is the incorruptible seed that will always produce a harvest? Because it is God-breathed. Come on, let's remind ourselves for just a moment. How did this world be, how was this world created? Come on, shout it out. How was it created? God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke the world into existence. So the scripture that you're reading by electronic version or by a, a written manuscript today, it is God-breathed. This is why the word of God is so powerful. All scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed and it is useful. Someone say God's word is useful. What is it useful for? He tells us teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, righteousness so that the servant of God may thoroughly be equipped for every good work. You know why we're not equipped? Because we're not in the word of God. You know why we're ignorant? Because we're not in the word of God. I'm sorry, that's a little rough. All right, pull it back. Pull it back, Shannon, pull it back. Do you know why we do stupid things? Because we're not in the word of God. We're not equipped because we're not in the word of God. And I declare, New Spring, that you're going to be a student of God's word, remain a student, continue to be a student, and even grow even further in God's word, and you're going to be fully equipped to do what God has called you to do. You're a great husband, a great mother, a great father, a great wife. You're a great student, a great, come on, you're great at what you do. Why? Because you are fully equipped by God's word. There is no situation that the man or woman of God will get into where they're not going to be equipped unless they're not in the word of God. Look at someone and say, you are totally equipped today. Come on, you're totally equipped today. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the word of God is alive and active. The word of God is alive and active. Someone say the seed is the word of God. It's alive. It's not a historical manuscript. Come on, it's been, it has been debated. It has been analyzed. It has, been, it has gone through all the details of trying to figure out what it's, whether it's right or wrong or whether it's true or accurate. But can I tell you today where it really becomes alive and active when it falls into the believer's hands and they believe it, they take it in, they act upon it, they sow it into the life, and you cannot argue with a man with an experience and so I'm telling you this morning, I tried it, I've done it, I've brought it in, I've lived it, and I can tell you today, the word of God works every time. It works. It works. I appreciate those who have the ministry of apologetics. We need some smart men and women who can, who can communicate the gospel of Christ and, and communicate the word of God. But I want to tell you this morning, the word of God was not created for us to be debated or to be discussed. It was created for us to believe and take it in and sow it into our life. 
Are you with me this morning? All right, I'm a little excited. Let me pull back. Number two, seed must be planted. The seed must be planted. Seed will remain dormant. It is no good in the sack. It is no good sitting on the shelf. It is no good in places where it's not being sown. I've seen a couple of articles that went around and, and they were showing where um, they found seed in, in pyramids and tombs and some of them were 2,500 years old. And some people were, ah, that's not true, but, but it was true. They, they actually found, you know, I don't know if it was King Tut's seed or whatever. I'm sure you've seen the articles, but actually they have found a seed that was a few thousand years old and they planted it. And it actually produced. That seed can lay in that dark, tight, closed space and it can remain dormant. I've seen people defend the Word of God. I've seen people get mad because you leave your Bibles on the floor, putting a coffee cup on top of your Bible. <gasps> Don't do that. I believe in respecting the Word of God. I believe you shouldn't be tearing out pages and doing whatever you would do with the pages, word of God, making airplanes out of them, spitballs, rolling up, um, whatever. Um, how do you guys know that? What you laughing at? I, I'm serious. I mean, this is, I'm not joking. I mean, people really have, have abused God's word, and they've really done crazy stuff with it. But you know what I'd say the most disgraceful thing is? Is to let the word of God lay dormant on your nightstand or the family Bible collecting dust. I think it's a disgrace that God would give his life, send his son, give us his word, and we not take it serious enough to bring it into our life and say, God, teach me. Teach me how to sow it. Not how just to say it or how to debate it or how to understand and explain it, but teach me, Holy Spirit, how to sow the Word of God. The Word of God will remain dormant. It will not work in your life. You will not produce a harvest until you begin to specifically sowing the seed of God over your life. James chapter 1 verse 22, what did he say? What did he say? Don't just listen to the word. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Because he said if you're just hearing the word, oh yeah, pastor, I already know that scripture. I've read Mark chapter 4 a hundred times. I already know this. If I'm just a hearer, he says you deceive yourself. If I sit here and, and take this message and the things that the Holy Spirit's trying to show me about Mark chapter 4 this week, and I say, God, I've already read this a hundred times. Come on, I've been reading the Bible for a long time. I've spent a lot of classroom hours in reading this, and if that's my, if that's my response, I'm deceiving myself that I already know everything. Well, I'm, I mean, today I am 34 years old, what? And I still, 
I still have a lot to learn. There are things that I still want the Holy Spirit to teach me. And you may be 74 years old, 84, and I would hope that the Holy Spirit has removed all the pride and arrogance out of your life to where you say, God, I still need to learn some things. I still need to know some things. Because the last I checked, we are all disciples of Christ, which means I'm learning. I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus with his Bible open and asking the Holy Spirit to say, God, let the words show me what I need to do. How do I transform this? See, and it's not, you can't just hold the word of God over your head, rub it over, rub it in your heart. It's not going to happen by osmosis. There's something we're going to have to do with the word of God. And I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but I'm going to tell you this. Here's a secret. I'm going to give you, I got to hurry. But listen to this. Jesus did some pretty peculiar things with the word of God. Things that made him look just a little crazy. What did he do with the word of God? Jesus spoke to some things that, why speak to it? Why speak to the fig tree? Why would Jesus speak to the fig tree? He was teaching his disciples the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God operates. Why would Jesus speak? This is a good question. These are some good questions. Why did Jesus speak to the fig tree? Why? Why would he speak to the fig tree and why would he tell his disciples to speak to mountains? Someone shouts, sow the seed. We'll get back to that. The seed must be planted, verse 26 in our text this morning. You've got to get the seed in the ground. Get the seed in the ground. The word of God will do you no good until you get it in your heart. Bring it into your circumstance, your situation. Do you know what? I, I want to just kind of give you a heads up here, okay? When you talk about your situations, your sickness, your, your, your relationship struggles, your, your, your dead ends, your, your places where you feel strapped and broke and all these different things, what do you speak more about those situations? Well, if you're like me, because I'm a human being just like you, I always, I mean, it doesn't take... a much brains to look at the situation and say, man, this is hopeless. A thermometer. It doesn't take much intelligence to say, man, it is warm in here. Man, it feels cold in here. This whole little relationship thing, it's dead. Okay, that's cool. Well, tell us something that we all don't know. But it takes an intelligent thermostat to change the atmosphere. You know what you are? You are the thermostat. The word of God is in you, and now you're not to just tell us what the problem is, but you're trying to tell us how you're going to how the Lord is going to resolve it by faith. I can see that the mountain is in my way. Hello, Jesus. I can see the mulberry tree, the fig tree, is not bearing any fruit. Hello. But let me show you something cool. Fig tree, from this day forward, you're going to die. By morning, they come back by, the tree is dead. Don't just tell me about your struggles. 
tell me how big your God is and how God is going to move mountains in your life? How is God going to bring healing in your body? How is he able? By his stripes, you are healed. Come on, man of God. Come on, woman of God. Show me the word of God active in your life, and I will show you. I will show you that God's seed, God's word will produce every time. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise because his word is powerful. You can talk about America's going to hell in a handbasket all you want, but let the church of Jesus Christ, let the God, come on, let the God people stand up and say we will have revival back in America again. You're not going to take all of our generation out. Come on, you're not going to kill every family member. You're not going to kill every relationship. You're not going to... Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes you got to stand up in a dark living room where the enemy is speaking death over your home and over your children, over your finances. Sometimes you got to look at a closed door. And because you've been in God's word so much, Jeremiah said, I tasted his word and it was like fire shut up in my bones. I can't remain silent. I'm going to stand up in the middle of this dark living room and I profess and proclaim that God is going to move. God is going to move. Don't ever feel like that the enemy has taken your power. Where, where is the devil going to work at you? It's your mind. It's what you say. It's how you're thinking. I hope I'm, come on, am I helping somebody this morning? I hope I am because I'm, I'm taking a lot of time. I want to stir you up this morning. Someone shout, sow the word. There's a, number four, C takes time and there's a process for growth. Sometimes, sometimes I've noticed that God, because we have the gifts of the Spirit and the gift, listen, if you've ever prayed for the sick and they have been instantly healed, that's a blessing, man. That is an awesome thing. But let me tell you something. You don't own the gift of healing. <laughs> you don't own the gifts. So take the needle, pop your little hot air balloon, you're nothing. Get over your little arrogance and your spiritual high horse, you're nothing. And the moment your flesh comes out and say, oh, I'm using the gift of healing, and I do this and I do that, that's the moment that the Holy Spirit has exited the situation. You're operating in flesh. We are blessed and honored because he is, the he has, it's the Spirit's gifts. The Spirit owns the gifts. We are stewards of the Holy Spirit operating our life. And I'm going to tell you, some of you have some gifts that you do know, and some of you don't even know that you can use, use these gifts, but they're, gonna, they're coming. They're coming. Gifts of healing and wisdom, word of knowledge, prophetic prophecy. This is what's happening right now. Preaching the word of God is a prophetic gift. Should be. Should be a prophetic gift. So I'm prophesying, declaring what the Holy Spirit is telling me to say to you this morning. It's prophetic utterance. Sometimes we can see God do instant 
miracles and healing and thank God for them. And I'm saying we should pray for them. But I'm going to tell you something. God does not want us to only rely on someone else to lay hands on us so we can be healed. That's not the only form and method. The other process to that is the word of God. When you sow it, and it takes time, he says it'll go into the ground, he says that it'll sprout up, and then all of a sudden it'll produce an ear, and then all of a sudden that ear will produce kernels of corn, and then all of a sudden you'll have a harvest, and there's a time and a process to this. Here's where the enemy's going to try to trip you up. You got the word this morning on your situation, and you have already been sowing it, but you know what happens a lot of times because we're curious he says the sower does not know how it happens. Let it be. Let it go, guys. Let it go. There are some things that you're not going to know and have all the answers to it. Let the seed go because if not, you're going to be digging it back up. Oh, look, it's not doing anything. Putting it back in the ground. Digging it back up and handling the thing. Let the seed grow. The questions that you and I have, some of those questions are useless. God, when are you going to do it? Who cares? Let God do it. God, how are you going to do it? Let God be God and let God do it. Your job is not to know when and how. Your job is to sow the seed. God, just however you want to work this out, but here's what I do believe. I know that by your stripes I'm healed. I'm standing on that scripture. I don't know how God is going to fulfill it. I don't know how God is going to do it, but I declare healing over my life. God, I don't understand why the door is shut. I don't understand why the door is closed. Don't figure it out. You're asking the wrong questions. God, I trust you that you give favor and you open doors. You're a God who opens doors that no man can shut. Somebody give God a praise in his house. When we doubt, the process of our faith becomes inactive. Jerking the seed out of the ground. Analyzing, well, did I really hear from God, did I not? You need to hear from God and plant the seed and keep sowing it. Stand on it. I don't care. Listen, there have been scripture verses that have been posted on my bedroom for years before God would fulfill them. There are times that God would do it in a month. You may have to stand on a scripture that the Holy Spirit gives you this morning, and you may have to post it all over the place. Your bedroom, in your vehicle, post it on your dash. And every time you doubt and the enemy is trying to come against what God wants to do in your life, you look at it and you profess it, proclaim it, and say it. I'm standing on that scripture. If you, stay, if you spend more of your time in the mirror, post it on your mirror. If you're like me, you have to post it in the refrigerator. Every time I open a door. You read God's word and you plan in your heart. You say, man, that sounds pretty crazy. How is, how is quoting a scripture going to do anything? I just gave you a bunch of scripture. I just told you the creator of the world spoke the world into existence. His word has power today. Lastly, this morning, the word will produce a harvest. John chapter 14 in verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what God has said to you. In my darkest moments, 
I've had the Holy Spirit speak the word to me where I needed to hear him speak. You know why? Because I had a lot of other words going through my mind. But I needed God's word on the situation. God, I need to hear from you. I'm wondering this morning, how many of you, you want a word from God? You want God to speak to you specifically about what you're going through? By faith, would you just lift your hand to the Lord? You're not lifting to me, just lift to the Lord. God, and just say, God, speak to me this morning. Speak to me this morning. The Holy Spirit will teach you, remind you. The Holy Spirit is not just, it's more than just tongue, guys. It's more than just a feeling. The Holy Spirit teaches, gives instruction, reminds us of what God is saying to us, reveals to us. He's a revealer. The Holy Spirit will reveal the word of God that needs to be sown in your heart right now. Right now. You have a future. What's going to happen in your future determines what you're going to sow in your heart right now. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 23, he says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. The word of God that you're studying, that you're bringing into your life, is incorruptible. It cannot be, it, it's not, it's not going to perish it's going to produce a harvest in your life. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So you go home today, and you wake up tomorrow, and you feel darkness, you feel doubt and unbelief, you pull out 1 Peter chapter 2, verse one, uh, this verse, and you say, no, the word of God is not going to perish. We're going to make it through this. In fact, we're not just going to make it through, but we're going to come out conquerors. We're going to come out champions. We're going to come out stronger. We're going to come out the other side, and God is going to get the glory. Amen. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, he says, my word will not return void. It goes out of my mouth and it will not return void. The word of God is power. I, I think that this morning, I, th I think of all the words that we hear. Isn't it funny how we hear Doubt, unbelief, worry, stress. And even our friends, our little girlfriends will tell us, or boyfriends, they'll tell us exactly what we do not need to hear. They're not mean people. They're not bad. They're just ignorant. They're just not wise. They'll tell us everything that our flesh wants to hear about the situation. 
oh, my God, you better, you're going to die. You better, you better get that checked out, man. I mean, I've, I know people may end up with cancer over that little thing. You better get that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, you're, you're, you're you don't look well. You look sick. What's the matter with you? We speak all these words. Oh, this is not going to end up well. Oh, this is going to be horrible. Oh, my God, I can't believe he did that to you. Oh, my Lord Jesus, what is going on? I, I just, everything's gloom and doom. I don't know how we're going to get out. There's no hope. And we, we hear words, words. People speak, 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 all this garbage. <laughs> Come on, don't t- I, I've been a part of it. Come on, I've been a part of it. Let's be transparent this morning. How many of you have spoke some words, and as soon as it went out of your mouth, you said, man, I shouldn't have said that. Come on, don't let me be the only one in the building this morning. It's our flesh. It's human nature. We speak, 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 speak. And most of the time, unless we've, unless we're just really, God, don't, don't put a watch over my, that's what, that's why they had prayer, man. David was saying in Psalms, God put a, a guard over my mouth. Don't let me speak any evil. Let me speak. So here's what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit is going to put the word of God in your mouth. Even Jesus, I'm going to close with this. Because I'm going to go all the way down and let me tell you this. In Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7 illustrates the point very well. It was the centurion. I'm done. The centurion came to Jesus. <clears throat> and his, his servant, let me, let me go to Jairus. Because the centurion had faith, and he says, Lord, don't, you don't even need to come to my house, but speak the word only. And Jesus said, man, this man has great faith. I've not seen any faith like this man before. You know why he had great faith? Because he said, I understand authority, and I'm subject to authority, and I tell my servants where to go, and these people work for me, and I just tell them what to do, and they do it. They, they understand authority, and it gets done. He said, Lord, I know that your Father in heaven will tell you what to do, and if you just hear what he has to say, you'll do it, and I understand that. And so therefore, God, all you got to do, don't even come to my house, just speak the word. You know what Jesus said? Go home. He's healed. You know what happened? Guy went home and he was healed. Speak the word, Lord. And so Jarius, <clears throat> Jarius, um, he comes to him, comes to Jesus, and says, my daughter is dying. Jesus, you got you to get to the house. He gets interrupted, gets delayed, and the people come out of the house to tell Jairus, Jairus, don't even bother the master. This is what they say to him. Don't even bother the master. Let him go because your daughter is dead. Wow, that's great. Great word, guys. Man, way to be there for me. You're, you're, you, have, you believe that this Jesus can heal your daughter. You've seen him do all kinds of miracles, but you don't have faith to say, Jesus, um, not only, not only do, you need to, do you need to come, but you need to hurry it up because she's dead now. Because if you had the power to heal, then surely to goodness you have the power to raise her back to life again. But their faith had limitations and sometimes, so you know what Jesus says? Look what Jesus says to Jairus. Don't miss this. As soon as they said to him, your daughter is dead. Don't even bother the master. Jesus hears what they say to Jairus, the words that entered his ears, and he says to Jairus, don't fear. 
because he knew in Proverbs says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And he knew that if Jairus listened to the words that they said, that the word of God would not work in his life. You know what I say to you this morning? Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't listen to the words that the enemy is saying over your circumstance, over your problems this morning. I want you to know that the word of God will work for you. It will produce a harvest. And so we're going to rise up and sow the seed, the word of God. We're going to speak over our situations.